And and your topic, we could have gone more in depth than that, but we had actually talked about that like two weeks ago during the news. Uh, Phil Billy brought that to my attention before IGN ever did a story on it. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if you remember that. And uh, I pointed out that it was like, it, it all came from a tweet from a developer. Yeah. And then Obsidian, like, which is actually a developer, a developing company that I like, actually like retweeted it and said like, this is all true or something like that. Yeah, I uh, a bunch I, of other ones piled on. Yeah, I didn't end up getting to the odds on that show, which is probably why I I didn't know that you guys already talked about it. No, 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 with you. I talked about it with you two weeks Wait, ago. You did? Yes, yes. It was you I talked to. The fuck? It was the show before last. It was you. Man, just goes to show. It was you episode two hundred, actually, I think. Yeah, because we got a comment on it last week. <laughs> just goes to show you how much I pay attention sometimes. I yeah, it really makes me feel like uh, I've got a support system right now. <laughs> definitely, definitely doesn't feel like uh, I'm alone against well, the fucking here. elements right uh, now. I'm definitely here most of the time. Yeah, yeah. You don't know what you're saying or what you've said or <laughs> <laughs> what the show's about. I'd like to think of it more as me just being so impassioned. <laughs> that my heart speaks before my mind, and I just don't register what it is that I say. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, that's what it is. That's what <laughs> it is. Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Horrible gaming podcast. Hello, my name is Zachariah with Old Man Gaming. With me, uh, we're just gonna take it from the top. Take it from sure. The top. <laughs> no, leave this in. Just do it like this. Just start over. Hello, my name is Zachariah with Old Man Gaming. You, dear listener, have chosen Neil, aka Tiny Wizard. Yep, yep, yep. From the top. <laughs> from the top. Hello, my name is Zachariah with Old Man Gaming. I'm not gonna let you. You can't. <laughs> we did this bit already on a Halo Infinite War. We can't do it on a podcast too. Wait, uh, we did? Yes, we 100 percent did. Jesus Christ. And I hate to say it, but we ripped it off Game Grumps, who did it in a Sonic Boom episode like seven years ago. Oh, God. <laughs> so, for real, hello, my name is Zachariah with Old Man Gaming. Uh, you, dear listener, have chosen whatever reason to listen to another horrible gaming podcast, indicative of what you just heard. Uh, but I am not alone, nor am I usually not alone. With me is... Neil, a.k.a. Tiny Wizard. What are we going to talk about today? Well, the news is a little bit weak, so we picked a fun topic again. Uh, a little fun topic to do. Uh, a little fun. Just a little, little treat. little treat. A little fun. A little funsy. Uh, so we're going to do that. We're going to have a little fun with that. Obviously, we're going to read your fan traction. We had a ton of fan traction uh, that I haven't even read 
at all yet. I just haven't gotten around to looking at it, so going to discover that with you. Um, and yeah. Let's go on an adventure together. Yeah, let's go on an adventure. Let's read comments blindly. Good idea for the for an internet show. Uh, all right. Uh, but before we do that, we have to thank the people who made this possible. First of all, behind our ugly mugs, you're seeing a fancy custom graphic. That custom graphic was designed by Mr. Mark Bell. We thank him for that. And then, of course... The theme song for this show and most of the shows here on Old Man Gaming is provided by the man who makes music, my brother Nick Van Siders. We thank him for that. Stealth Plug, check out his newest music video, the video part I did, Cyberfunk. It's a lot of fun. I'm very proud of it. Uh, and uh, really quickly, uh, I do want to just address the elephant in the room. Neil doesn't know about the elephant in the room because he can't actually see me with the way we record, but I have glasses oh. now. Uh, oh, you glasses. talked about the glasses, though. I didn't talk about the glasses on the podcast, man. You I are know. killing me I today. I know about it. You are I know absolutely killing glasses. me today. Uh, I know about the glasses. Uh, yeah, I'm wearing glasses now. I have stigmatisms in my eyes. It has been quite an ordeal the last two weeks, but I now wear glasses. So everybody get used to it. You're going to see that very obnoxious reflection in the lights because of the way that I look at the screen. So just, just deal. Just steal. Uh, all right, we will be right back with fan traction. Horrible gaming podcast. That brings us to our first segment, our most important segment. That's fan traction, ladies and gentlemen. We, the co-hosts, we can offer you guys one thing, one thing in our crap quality podcast, and that's communication. Because <laughs> there's not a lot of you watching us or commenting, so. We read your comments that you put on YouTube and in other places that we remember to, and we talk to you guys. We refer to you. We riff on your comments. We we discuss them. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, right off the bat, we got Jason. Kai Sinat yeah. made ripples through the mainstream political sphere. That's how insane that incident was. What incident? Uh, that odd uh, well, news story that I had. The, the guy who basically shut down uh, oh that's right New York okay with right. giving away my brain my brain failed me on that one yeah yeah that that's was, crazy uh, that's that's just crazy it's absolutely yeah, it, crazy it, yeah it was it was absolutely crazy and uh, a little bit of clarification on that news story actually sure. because uh, like real more real news outlets started covering what had happened um, so the crowd basically started getting rowdy. Uh, because it was becoming clear that they weren't getting the shit that they thought they were going to get. Mm. So it went from just a gathering of people waiting around to get stuff to a full-on brawl. But the second that like they realized they weren't getting shit, they just kind of dispersed. But the brawl kind of spread from the spot, effectively. I see. I see. Uh, then we've got Asylum 66. Tiny Wizard no longer has to be afraid of the boogeyman under his bed. Congratulations. <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it's, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. Uh, we, got, <laughs> we got the new bed with the light and everything under it. Uh, I've since taped over the motion sensors <laughs> for the lights because there's no way to permanently disable the light. So any motion sets it off. So my bed would look like a mothership in the middle of the night. Uh, so that's already covered up. So that uh, salesman got you. Yeah, <laughs> for that one. Uh, and then 
they did not deliver our the mattress cover that we had purchased uh, to not have to pay for our delivery fee. <laughs> they did not give us. Oh um, no! So yeah, that turned into a separate thing. Fortunately, <laughs> they resolved it pretty quickly. Well, but that's good. The dudes that installed the bed made it very clear that they were ahead of schedule and they had one more stop to go uh and then they were done for the day so they were flying through everything <laughs> uh and it was a good thing i paid attention because they cross-threaded one of the legs on the bed <laughs> and didn't attach properly uh like two more of them so I had to go back through after the fact and they were you like the oh is everything life. good is everything great i'm like sure just just take the old mattress, man. <laughs> and then it was like 20 minutes later that we realized we didn't have the mattress cover. You have the worst luck with delivery people. I've never yes. had one bad delivery person. Like I've had bad deliveries, like mix-ups and stuff, but I've never had shitty delivery people. You always have shitty delivery yeah. people. I and swear. that one time, that one time too, that you were helping me move and the whole uh, fridge thing went down uh -huh. was that was probably the worst of them yeah, and that i was got bad. so oh my god i was you so should. pissed you should have gotten mad so pissed and it was ridiculous uh all right next up philbilly uh i found out the reason they didn't let you preload bg3 was because something to do with steam it would have messed up people's early access saves, and they didn't want to do that because some people played early access on PC but ordered their final copy for console. And since PS5 uh... and Xbox versions aren't available yet, they didn't want to mess up those people's early access saves. Well, that makes a little bit of sense. That's fair. That That's... makes a little bit of sense. It, and... it definitely caused a rough situation for them, I feel like. But yeah, yeah uh, I feel like though they did it for the right reasons. It would yeah. have been cool had they like, communicated that. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I think maybe that, just been like, hey guys. But. I think all the way around, uh, Larian has. I mean, I've said this about other studios, and then they eventually proved me wrong. But Larian has been really stand up. Uh, as as far as everything that's gone down with BG3, honestly. I think they have handled BG3 incredibly well. They are, I think right now, because of the buzz, game of the year contender at this point. Um, depending on how good or bad Starfield is, I think that your 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 two front runners are Tears of the Kingdom and uh, um, a BG3, honestly. For the, for the mainstream yeah. stuff. Not necessarily for ours, but for the mainstream stuff, I think... I think honestly, just given the buzz, I think BG three is way up there. If 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 we don't see BG three in the nominations of Keeley's Fuckfest, then Keeley's Fuckfest, in my opinion, is like, I mean, it's dead now, but like really, like that's the coffin shutting. In my I was gonna opinion. say, don't say corrupt because uh, <laughs> um, no, dead. it's actually it's useless. It's at actually that point. funny you mentioned that because uh, the one thing that I had that I I didn't put on my news. Uh, just because I didn't know if it was like newsworthy enough, but because we're kind of touching base on it. Mm -hmm. um, IGN actually did a thing the other day. I believe it was IGN that uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is technically the highest rated game of the year at the time of writing that article yep. beat out Tears of the Kingdom by mm -hmm. one point. Wow, one point. That's awesome. I, I, I think it's awesome. I think it is such a good game. 
that you have, uh, we already talked about it two weeks ago, but such a good game that we have AAA companies actually like saying our games aren't going to be that good. Don't expect that. Which, Which is, is pathetic. 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 I'm going to say it right now. AAA game companies are dead. Like, or dying. Those are the two forms of AAA game company right now. I, I mean, just look at this year. Just look at this year. The only one that's managed to pull off anything was Avalanche and Hogwarts Legacy. I mean, and Nintendo, I, I guess. But, like, I don't really count Nintendo in the AAA game debacle. They're their own kind of beast. But, like, no other AAA games have really pulled off successful games. Uh, well, Diablo well, 4, su- but everybody hates it. So, like... That's the thing, is there's successful and there's, like being placed upon a pedestal yeah uh because this this year has been excellent for games but there's been very few that have been hoisted to a pedestal level of like well that well the thing is is very few of those good games have been triple a studio games is the thing like like triple a studio like legit triple a studio games there really hasn't been that many that have have come out like like name one other than Hogwarts Legacy and nothing by Nintendo because Nintendo's well that's doing the thing fine. is you have like you have like Street Fighter Six, which is a very popular okay. highly rated game. Okay, it um, is. But however, it's, not... it's covered like drenched in corrupt bullshit. Same with Diablo well, I mean, Four. Yes. I'm talking For about sure. a game that is good and not just getting the not just getting the people playing it, but I mean universally respected and good there's there's really not yeah and that's that's where i would kind of differentiate between like it's like oh yes this is a good this is an excellent game but there's that that pedestal level of like that there is like in a shining example right a good game i agree with that that's yeah that's that's the distinction between but see for me and we may differ on this. For me, Street Fighter VI being a good game doesn't make it a good game. Like, just a good core game because of all the bullshit around it. Right. It For me, even though the core game, if you're just playing the game, is fun and good, you have to add in all those microtransactions, all those secondary, like, cuts, all that DLC bullshit that they've pulled. You know, same with Diablo Four, <coughs> Like base on its front and and I've I've heard from my friend I haven't played it so I can't really say whether it's good or not in play but like you have to add in the fact that they nerfed a bunch of shit they had a ton of bugs they 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 fucked a ton of shit up whereas you then look at these double A studios they haven't you know and the other thing is okay wild hearts you can say and Wild Hearts did by no means had an unhurt launch. I'm not going to put that on a pedestal. It was really buggy in the start. You can see that in my review. I didn't go away from it. But that's still a double A studio. It's being published by fucking uh, uh, EA, you know? So, like, I think that, like, the really good games, the standout accomplishments from this year are all double A games, are all double A studios, you know, rising to the level, you know? Yeah, uh, what I've always considered when it comes to that sort of stuff with games uh, has always been like, 
you know, just assume you give a game a personal, like, I, I like to think of it as an out of 10 whenever I personally rate something because it, it makes it, like, something that you could, you know, hold, you can weigh, you can measure right. uh, to, to put the thoughts into a measurable quantity. But anytime I look at a game like that and it has all that horseshit of, you know, the, the loot boxes uh-huh. and the the microtransactions and all this other shenanigans and dumb, dumb, like launch plans and everything like that. No matter what it can be a 10 out of 10 game, but like in my mind, I always take one off of that because that stuff does hold it back to some degree. Yeah, it's fair. I, I, I've said a million times. I don't like to give scores to video games just because it's so eye of the beholder, but like, Mm -hmm. It definitely, I agree, it, it takes away that weight. It takes away that juice for me. And I still think 2023 is awesome because you still throw those games in and they're still solid experiences. But at the same time, you know what I mean? If you're just talking about the game to game to game and what the best games have been, they certainly haven't been the AAA ones. You know what I mean? The AAA ones this year have been better than, say, 2022. But oh, yeah. if you compare the AAA experiences on a whole to the double-A experiences, I don't even think they hold a candle. You know what I mean? Uh, So, like, that's kind of the tricky area. Uh, So, to continue, Jason comments again, Behavior likes to screw with data miners, Behavior Games. Uh, They added a teacher class with some perks in the files that was never actually released. I'm guessing for Dead by Daylight. Just earlier this year, they put a generic... Oh, excuse me. Just earlier this year, they put in generic versions of the cannibal in the code, which is what they did when they lost Stranger Things, just so data miners thought they were losing Texas Chainsaw Massacre license. <coughs> that is funny. That is funny. Uh, continuing Phil Billy. Larian just turned down Microsoft, trying to purchase them. Sven is staying strong in his stance uh, as staying independent. Sven being the uh, the guy who runs Larian. That's the sound of me slow clapping right there. Any studio out there, and I'm going to tell you right now, every studio, aside from all the FTC stuff, aside from all of it, any AA studio that Microsoft walks to the door of and knocks on should really look at the track record of AA studios that have been purchased by Microsoft and what their games are post-Microsoft release and what their games are prior to Microsoft's purchase, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and I got to say, if... Uh, and this is no shot to Sven whatsoever, because I don't know the dude. He may have stayed strong in this situation, too. But if they had been approached two years ago by Microsoft, it might have been a different story. I think maybe Microsoft is starting to poison the well themselves to more purchases just because the games that are being released post a Microsoft buyout are terrible. So I think that you can look at that as a double-A studio and go, well, that's indicative of Microsoft. Like, if Obsidian was working fine before Microsoft bought them, now they're releasing crap. We have to take a step back and say, what's the difference? What changed here? It's Microsoft. So I don't want to be micromanaged, you know what I mean? And honestly, mm-hmm. Sven with Larian, you're doing just fine without Microsoft. <laughs> just fine without Microsoft. 
Yeah, I, I think you uh, I think you nailed it there with that. It's definitely everything that's gone on with purchases. Even, <coughs> yeah, like you said, not even the Activision Blizzard thing. Yeah. When they went on their initial buying spree, and what was that, 18, 19, something like that, where they bought all those studios up, like, I think at that point, people were starting to be a little wary about everything. Um, so from there, uh, it, it definitely made things a whole heck of a lot worse as time's gone on with everything that's happened with Bethesda, with the whole Activision Blizzard thing. I'm wondering if there's going to be a lot of people second guessing their partnerships mm -hmm. with, or at least uh, not partnerships, but more so like uh, being acquired yeah. by uh, yeah. Microsoft. Especially if Starfield doesn't do good. Especially if Starfield bombs or is a buggy mess, then, then I think not necessarily like Microsoft won't be in trouble from like sales or anything or what they own, but they will be in trouble from a standpoint that they will ruin their chance to do basically what their plan is, which came out in the FTC trial, which is buy up all the companies. Nobody's going to want to sell to them. Nobody's going to want to work for Microsoft if another game comes out that's just a fucking nightmare because you're going to look at these comp these these games and be like, all right, Microsoft's doing something here, you know? Mm-hmm. Continuing, William Holen, hi, exclamation point, on Neil's new bed. Tell me you're 65 years old without telling me you're 65. Laughy face. Oh, I gotta say, though, it is super comfy. The only thing that I that. have yet to get used to is because it's so firm. When I lay on my side, my one arm falls asleep. Oh, I hate that. Still getting used to that. I get that. I get that. <clears throat> uh, I think... Uh, wait, wait, wait. I think we as a collective didn't understand too well what AAA means. AAA never meant that it was a good game. It just means a lot of money went into making making it. Pfft. Switch 2 in 2024. I can get only one today. My son has a Switch, so if I buy one for myself, I'll have a Switch 2. Speaking of lost source code... Team oh, you're Ninja. Just gonna, you're just going to cruise by that one? Oh, we'll come back to it. Uh, spe speaking of the source code, Team Ninja confessed that they lost the source code of Ninja Guide in Black. Yeah, I know. That's fucked up. Thanks for the show. Hashtag under bed lights. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's very funny. Switch to it. I'll have one for my side, so I have a switch to I like that. I like the little pun. I uh, uh, I agree. I agree. AAA no longer means the quality of the game. It means the amount of money that they've spent yeah. on it, and and the amount of money they want to make on it. And that's that's what's ridiculous. AAA, for me, for me anyway, at this point in my gaming lifespan, AAA is a negative to me. A game has to work out of a hole if the only thing I know about it is it's AAA. Because the minute I hear the words AAA, I think to myself, okay, they spent too much money on this, and they need to recoup that money, and they're going to try and take it out of my wallet every chance they get. So right off the bat, it's a negative. Right off the bat. That's how I'm looking at them now. Especially after probably, possibly one of my favorite games of all time, Remnant 2. I, I love that game. I absolutely worship that game. Double A. I, I mean, uh, eight, like, I'm not going to list the names here, the games here, but, like, right now, 
at this point, when I hear the words AAA, I immediately think microtransactions, DLC, uh, cut DLC, pre-order bonuses, pre-order tier levels, like early access, bugs, 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 bugs. That's the first thing I think when you say AAA to me. It do I don't think quality game anymore, you know? Right. That's exactly what it is, is AAA used to be like uh, uh, quality. Like that, that's mm -hmm. what it was. It was yep. AAA quality. Um, but anymore, we're just kind of getting what we get. And as trash as it is, and as much as I know that I'm part of the problem, you know, yeah. uh, the only reason, <laughs> the only reason we still keep getting this stuff is because no matter how bad it is, people still buy it and still flock to it one way or another. I think, though, uh, that's going to start to dwindle. And, uh, oh, yeah, for sure. And, and that's that's the thing. I think it's already started to dwindle, you know? I think that, mm -hmm. like, even with you, you point out all the time you're part of the problem, which I don't necessarily agree with, even when I'm most mad at you. Uh, I, <laughs> I think that, like, I think that the problem is these people, they know how to make people buy stuff, you know? I mean, even me. I sit here and I go, oh, I kind of want that. You know what I mean? Like, and I have to fight my urge. These people, they have research, <laughs> you know, like they've figured out how to turn a key in your brain to make you go, I want that. And that's what they do. And like, it's not necessarily fair to blame the victims on that one. But that being said, you can only abuse a victim so many times before they stop being a victim. I think even you have has started to be more restrained with some of your purchases. Uh, you definitely take taken more time to buy things, waited for reviews, definitely not run out. Like, Neil from when we started this podcast would have pre-ordered Street Fighter VI the minute you fucking uh, heard yeah. about it. You know what I yeah. mean? So, like... We're already seeing that, you know what I mean? And if you are the example of the average game player, you're seeing that. You're seeing that more and more. You're seeing more things. Hell, you're seeing it with the reception of Starfield stuff. People are more skeptical of Starfield. They're more skeptical oh, yeah. of Starfield than they would have been three years ago. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So we're getting to that point where the AAA companies are just abusing to the point where they're going to start not getting sales, you know? Mm. Uh, all right, continuing. Uh, Jason, the back rooms is creepy pot is a creepy pasta. I didn't know they made games about it. Not that I'm surprised, since it's quite the phenomenon. I've never heard of it. The only place I've ever heard of the back rooms is Remnant Two, and this indie video game that I watched the Game Grumps play. That's the only time I've ever heard of the back rooms. So, Jason, as a professor. What the fuck is the phenomenon of the backrooms? Educate me. Unless Neil knows what it is. Do you know what it is, Neil? No. I I felt like I I think we kind of mentioned mentioned about it a little bit uh, last week. I think it was like this, this like tons of urban legendy sort of. Well, that's like, creepypasta, which he, ex yeah, which he explained to me. Was, but I don't know what the backroom specific section of that is. I think it's like, I think that is like this like it's presented as like this organization where all of those things are kept oh i think if it's what i'm thinking uh if not then i have no freaking clue hmm. 
Uh, well, like I said, Jason, you like to be a professor. You like to explain things, man. What's the backrooms phenomenon? Educate us. Uh, Philbilly, laugh my ass off. Neil justifies buying a bed the same as he did his PS5 and Series X purchase in the beginning. Then he didn't play them because there were no games for them in the beginning. That is what's called a good salesman when you yes. walk away feeling that you've made a decision. <laughs> I'll tell you, that's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, at least the bed I get to use every single night, no matter what. <laughs> Though, uh, honestly, with how wild these beds are getting anymore, I wouldn't be surprised if five years from now the beds have DLC. <laughs> I mean, honestly, this thing has... you got to pre-order the bed. Positions, so, I mean... <laughs> Uh, continuing, Jason says, WandaVision is abs is the ab was the absolute best entry into the MCU. I don't agree with that, and I never even saw WandaVision. Sorry. Uh, I mean, it was it was back when in the previous phases. I don't want to get too into it because I will spew about Marvel for yeah, hours. Yeah, we're not going to do that. And Jason, uh, Jason hates it when anybody disagrees with him about anything. So we don't want to don't want to get into that. I, here's here's the very the very condensed version of it i think loki was the better of the shows followed by falcon and the winter soldier um are we just talking he didn't say he said the best entry into the mcu i i, I wouldn't consider any shows. of the tv shows an entry into the mcu a good entry oh no into the they MCU. are they 100 are they're very loose <laughs> in i wouldn't that, consider uh, them good uh, compared and, and, well, to the compared to a lot of the original movies i wouldn't consider them well, that's because they made the god-awful decision in the beginning to say, well, the shows aren't going to be required reading. They're just going to be supplemental. Right, right. But they're supplemental in that they're now, at this point, with the end of Secret Invasion, creating problems for themselves. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I watched an honest trailer on that because you were talking about it. I see what yeah, you're talking about Yeah, it now. was woof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Phil hot take. I think Starfield coming to Games Pass is indicative that it will be a trash fire and they can hide behind it being quotations free on Game Pass. It will be playable it will be a playable beta that they can fade into obscurity and people will defend it as they always do and it may be and it may be be a decent game 2 years from now and then mouth breathers mouth breathers will say see it's a good game. Well, I've said it multiple times with Starfield. You're one of two people. You're either the person who, uh, you're the person who buys it at launch, gets really mad at it and hates it, or you're the person who uh, who plays it two years in and goes, "This is good. Why did anybody hate it?" And then you have to listen to the second one. Uh, that's how it was with Cyberpunk. I don't know that I, I had this conversation with him. Uh, I appreciate his opinion on this. I don't necessarily think. It comes from a place of, like, I see his point. I definitely see his point. Uh, basically saying that, like, Game Pass ends up being a shield for these first-party studios. Yeah. Where, like, they're already in there, you're already on Games Pass. Uh, it's already a value because you've got all those other games on it. So, like, you're not going to get rid of Game Pass. And they can just say, well, you can play it for free, so why are you bitching? Um I don't, I don't necessarily... I, I think that's a very logical argument. I personally don't think 
that every game coming... Well, I mean, I don't think every game coming to Game Pass is going to be a trash fire. There have been some successful ones that have come to Game Pass. I will give him the props, though. I haven't really seen a whole lot of Microsoft first-party games come to Game Pass that have been truly good. Like, there have been games that have launched in Game Pass that have been good, that have been really good. Exo Primal just recently was very successful, and I played it. I hated the story, but it was a very fun game. It was very good. Uh, I think that, like, uh, you do... I mean, unless you're counting State of Decay, but again, State of Decay 2 was basically almost done when they got purchased, so... You know, same with uh, Outer Worlds. If your main defense of a game turns into, well, at least you didn't pay full price for it, <laughs> um, unless you're picking it up used from a, a GameStop, uh, it's not a defense. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. But I see what he's saying, that they're they're kind of using it for this. And oh, yeah, for I don't necessarily sure. disagree with that. Personally, I still love Game Pass because there are a ton of games on it that have nothing to do with Microsoft that are very good that I can play anytime. No Man's Sky, State of the K2. They just launched Airborne Kingdom into there, which is a lot of fun. It's like a weird city builder that I enjoy. There's tons of really good games in there that necessarily don't have anything to do with Microsoft. Uh, but I see what he's saying. I don't think he's necessarily making a bad point that they can hide behind this. I don't think they can really hide behind it on Starfield, though. I think they can pull that off with Redfield, but I think Starfield being a trash fire will be rough for them. And I could yeah. be wrong. They could sweep it under the rug. I'll take oh, my licks no, if I am. The, that's but. the thing is I, we we here and other uh, like outlets and stuff have made very many, <laughs> very many conversations about the fact that if Starfield is not good, Microsoft is in a really bad way. Okay, I will say this. It's it would be burning the last bit of good faith that people still have remaining. Yeah. At this point, like there's already the stigma that Microsoft doesn't have anything first party. Right. That's literally it. And now the one thing that's the big Microsoft thing mm -hmm. that we have left that we know about that's in the works, if that comes out and isn't like the best thing ever or even like the most okayest thing ever like if it goes below a seven uh they're gonna be having bad times and truthfully uh, it's pathetic enough that seven is the water i think they will i think they'll have a hard time publicly i don't think they'll have a hard time financially oh, because yeah. the, unfortunately oh, yeah, the business sure. yeah just isn't worked that way. I think they're going to make plenty of money on Starfield. Hell, I think they've made all the money they need to make on Starfield already in pre-orders. Um, but uh, I think that like what it will really hurt long-term is the viability of them purchasing more companies, which is their, you know, their, their, their goal. Their overall goal is to buy out the companies so that basically buy Sony out of business. I mean, that came out during the FTC trial. There's literally an email from one person to another yeah. saying, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> this, is uh, our, this is our process. This is our process. So, like, I think it will hurt that overall. I, I really do. Because I think, especially now, I think it's actually aided by Larian having such a good game this year. Because I think right now, I think every AA developer out there is like, hey, maybe we can contend with 
AAA, and we don't have to like have our heads turned at the amount of money that Microsoft offers in the first place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that like that is something to look at. That 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 is where they're really going to take the pain if they take any pain from Starfield. Um, yeah. I mean, that's my thought process anyway. I don't think anybody's going to stop. The, the problem is is they have this service that really insulates them. It does insulate yeah. them. Uh, completely aside from what Phil is saying that it's insulating them from, it insulates them cost-wise because so many people are on Game Pass. that like, And it's really the only service that really does that well. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, they don't... Nobody's going to quit using Game Pass because Starfield sucks. You know what I mean? So, like, I think they have that monetary insulation, that shield. Uh, that being said, I think if anything gets hurt, it's going to be their viability to continue to purchase companies. Yeah, it's... Yeah, their viability to purchase companies in that it's going to matter. They'll have the cash yeah. to buy companies, but, I mean, nobody's going to give a shit. No. If Mm-mm. all they know that's going to happen is the gonna company get, is yeah. going to get bought to Ground be, out. you know, shut down or trashed, you know. Yeah, and one of my odds and ends is about some weird shit going on with Microsoft and Avowed, but we'll get to that. Uh, all right, we got to get through this fan traction. We, we're very chatty about it. Uh, Jason, you are almost to the final fight of Redfall of the first map. Oh, God, there's a whole nother fight. Yeah, map. I heard about that. I heard about that. <sighs> I went to the next island, secured the main base, did one side mission, and never went back. Good for you, Jason. Good for you. I committed to a show, and that was my mistake. (laughs) Uh, Jason, again, Starfield is an urban legend. (laughs) Uh, And then Jason goes, my best friend has stacks of Switch games. Laughy face. Most games I'm not personally interested, though we did play Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Well, that might be fun. There are some Switch games I like. It's just, on a whole, if it's a third-party game, I would rather just play it on my computer. You know? Like, that's the problem. Like, at the end of the day, if it's a game that I really want to get into, I don't want to play it on my Switch. I want to play it on the computer. Which only leaves Nintendo first-party stuff, and I don't really dig a lot of the Nintendo first-party stuff. I think it's very kid-oriented, you know? I, I just do. Other than Zelda, and everybody knows my problems with Zelda right now. We don't have to rehash it. So, like, I think that, like, that's my biggest problem with Switch, why I don't think I'm going to have my head turned for a Switch 2. Because even though they do have that third-party support, like, unless you're a really portable person, but I'm kind of a homebody. I don't leave my house that much. So, like, plus... I may have been old and not know this, but you can play Steam games on your fucking phone now. Just from an internet connection. Like, so, why do I need a Switch? Why do I even need a Steam Deck at this point? Like, it just reminded me, I still haven't sent that out to you. Oh, that's fine, man. I'm I didn't so expect sorry. you to send it. Jesus. So, uh, so yeah. So, I don't know. The Switch doesn't... The Switch isn't doing it for me right now. I, I, there, I, I think one of my friends hates me because... He wanted to uh, be my friend, and he sent a friend request. I was like, as soon as I'm on Switch, I'll I'll accept it. I haven't been on Switch in, like, th- three fucking weeks. So, like, I only really play it when I'm playing with Melissa, you know? Yeah, that's, that's the thing, is Nintendo's never been the spot for third-party stuff. And uh, I think I've referenced this before, that there's been tons of, like, different, like, surveys and stuff that 
people who have a Nintendo Switch have a secondary primary console, be yeah. it either the PS5 or the Series X or the PC. The third party stuff has never been great for Nintendo. Nintendo thrives on their first party. They know that. We know that. If you're not into the first party stuff, it's not going to move the Switch for you one way or another. Well, especially I will... now that the Switch is like. The Switch is definitely a, it was a unique thing, but now that there's stuff like Steam Decks, yeah, yeah. other portable PC things, mm -hmm. like they have, they've cracked the code effectively. Yeah. Nintendo was the only one really playing in the space for a number of years and the only ones who were able to figure it out when there were other contenders. Yeah, I think you're very right. I think... If you're doing a third party, if you want Switch for third party, you're a person who is going to be in a car a lot, going to be on a train a lot, going to be wanting that portability, uh, which then I could see. Like if, if you're like, I want to play Skyrim, but I'm very rarely home. Okay, fine. Grab a Switch. But like nowadays, even that is something that's kind of not necessary. You know what I mean? So I, I, I kind of see that. But that is it for fan traction. We're only 40 minutes into the show already. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to be back with our talking point. Uh, we, had, we decided a fun one. So it shouldn't be a too long one. And I don't have a lot no. of news. So that should be fast. But, I uh, have newsy things. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, we're going to do a fun one where we, uh, we, we decided to pitch a game. Just have fun talking about what a game would look like for a franchise that's never had a game. And we also decided to put the caveat, Neil decided to put the caveat, that it had to be an 80s movie that didn't have a franchise going at the time. Which I'm kind of really excited about, because uh, I, I had a hard time with this one. But we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that in a second, we'll be right back with that. Horrible Gaming Podcast Hello! Alright, this is our talking point. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. Um, shit. Do me a favor, Neil. Say something. Wow, we're doing this right now? No, no, no. Just want to make sure. I realized I didn't remember ever seeing your bar, so I was very scared that all of a sudden I had been recording for 40 minutes and got no sound, but I've been getting sound, so we're good. Alright, we're going oh, to start over. <laughs> going in three, two, one. Oh, God. All right, that brings us to our talking point, everybody. Uh, 80s movies that don't have franchises, don't have games. How would we do them? How would we put them together? What would they look like? What would, uh, what would be interesting about them? What would suck about them? What we're going to do, we each have picked one. We don't know what each other's is. Uh, one person's going to start with theirs, uh, Neil. And then uh, once he's done pitching how he would put that game together, I'm going to kind of like pull his pitch apart. Not really, like, go after it, but, like, come up with the ways that I would do it, and then vice versa. So, go ahead, Neil. What'd you do? What'd you decide to do? Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Oh, no. Why? It's real close to what I picked, but oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, uh, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that one would be prime for something that could be... I, I would imagine it's something akin to a more comedy-focused Grand Theft Auto. Mm. Uh, so I feel like that there would get you a bit of the L.A. noir detective work okay. to where you could actually, like, you know go around 
ask questions, find out what's going on. Um, I don't think it would, I think it would be a disservice to follow one of the movies, uh, one of the movie storylines. I think it would have to be its own unique thing. Okay. Um, but like a big open world detective sort of situation, um, you absolutely had to have Eddie Murphy uh, in there playing Axel. Uh, there's no way. There's no way that you could do it with anybody else. I don't feel like your own custom created character would work unless you were like it was like a buddy cop thing mm-hmm. and you were his partner. Um, but I, I feel like that there is, uh, the, the detective thing is kind of an untapped market for the most part. Not that there's no, not that there's no games out there for it, but they all are like the very noir focused, like serious gritty. Yeah. Find out what's going on. Like, no, we need like a Deadpool style fuck around jokes, (laughs) you know, that sort of thing. I feel like that's something that would work very well. Uh, okay. So yours is really close to mine. Oh but God! What did you do? We'll, what did you do? We'll do it in a second. We'll get we'll it. We'll get it. I would. I would take that in a different way. Uh, I think. Uh, it, here's the biggest problem I see with your your idea. Okay, because I think it's a cool idea. My biggest problem is whenever they do those third party, those those like big third person like open world things. Um, mm-hmm. The, the character has all this like foley work like it, it like like they they t- say something when they run into a car they bump into somebody mm-hmm. on the street yeah. and I feel like Axel Foley's laugh would get real fucking old like, <laughs> oh you know, god yeah you're right <laughs> you'd be hearing it constantly right. because it'd be one of his foley things it, you you'd almost get sick of the character which is a good character yeah. but like in that you'd almost get sick of those repeated lines over and over again. If, it's if fine I, for the hour and a half runtime of a right. movie, but not thirty hours in. <laughs> Which is why I would have Telltale do it. I'd have Telltale do uh, a mm. a Beverly Hills Cop, and I'd even have them kind of like stretch their legs a little bit uh, and allow like multiple different endings to it, so you could still get that detective kind of story to it like really leverage the technology that we have nowadays and instead of having it be like a very straightforward linear thing like most of telltale stuff like have the moment to moment be linear but have a lot of different branching paths uh Mm -hmm. that ends up kind of creating your own narrative through it i think that would be a really cool way to do that and then you would have it nice and written so that axel foley is not pissing you off uh, 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 most of the time. That's what that's what I do with that. I don't know if you agree with that, which is yeah, weird because no. I think I feel like I'm pitching your game and you're pitching my game right now, as far <laughs> as like who we are as people. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I I don't think yeah, him Eddie Murphy doing Eddie Murphy things for thirty hours, <laughs> right? Not, right, it's not real good. Uh, I I also. Longevity. I don't want to do side quests with Eddie Murphy. Like, I don't want no. Axel Foley to be, like, picking 99 flowers and, and having him make some weird fucking joke about every one of the flowers <laughs> he, he picks up, you know? I feel that would be uh, that would be really fucking weird and uh, upsetting to me. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I feel like it's it would be something, though, because that's, that's the thing is, like... 
we really don't have i feel like telltale would be, would be a great way to narrow down the scope yeah. for it yeah exactly which would make it more digestible right uh so you could put the the, the whole runtime for the whole thing at let's say two and a half hours right. maybe three hours for right. a whole run you could have like yeah exactly but you could have like five different paths through the game and a couple of different interchange interchange events that would take you to a different path depending on where you were leaning, and each one could even potentially have a different bad guy at it, which would really create, like, kind of spark, bring back the conversations that Telltale used to have in the beginning. Like, to the point where Telltale used to do that thing where they would be like, these are the percentage of choices that people made when they when faced yeah. with choices. Which I always thought was cool. You could bring back that kind of coolness, but on a bigger, more interesting level. I don't know. Just my thought on that one. I didn't mean to pull your thing apart, but, like... God, him just doing that <laughs> laugh every 10 seconds would be like, oh, Wait. no. Oh, no. Wait what? a second. What? Do I have to uh, pause? I think, no. I think okay. uh, I think there is a Beverly Hills Cop game. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. It, it's not a successful no, franchise no. in the... Oh, no, no. The fact that it even fucking exists is where I'm coming from. <laughs> Because oh, I'm definitely going to pitch one that had a game before. It's just, it's not a successful franchise that is out right now. Oh my god. Yeah, there was a Beverly Hills Cop game. Oh, I believe full it. On, full on Eddie Murphy. There it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it came out in the 90s. Oh, that had to be Nintendo or Genesis then. Super uh, Nintendo, maybe. As a platformer by what was that company Ocean that always made all the platformers? Wait. Hold on, there were two. One was a Commodore sixty four, but Wikipedia is telling me there was a PlayStation two game also. Oh. oh man, if that has actual recorded Eddie Murphy lines in it, that has got to be a trash fire. <sighs> Uh, I'm not seeing anything. Uh, I'm not seeing anything here on that. Yeah, it just get, it does a redirect to a blank page on Wikipedia for that. <laughs> okay. What was yours? Mine. Mine's kind of crazy. So I had a really hard time picking because when you said '80s movies, initially I got super excited because, as you well know from me trying to force you to watch them, I have a lot of 80s movies that I worship mm -hmm. the ground they walk on. None so much as Big Trouble in Little China. So my initial thought was like, I've got to make a game. i got to pitch a game for Big Trouble in Little China. But I immediately hit a wall because I'm like, there's no way they can make a game that's as good as just watching that movie. Like, I, I just, I can't, con I can't conceive because if you created a character, you're not Jack Burton. You know, and if you're Jack Burton, you, you don't really have the freedom. Like, what's that game look like in 2023? And I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't come up with a good game concept for it. So then I switched it up a little bit, uh, and I went through some of my other favorites. I had a lot of, like, Hard Target was another one that I kind of thought about. It's a Van Damme movie that's absolutely awesome that I'm sure you haven't seen. But I've like, heard of it. It's I've at least great. heard of it. I'll loan it to you. It's amazing. Uh, he punches a snake in the face. It's it's phenomenal. Oh, oh, it's great. It's great. Uh, so I had a hard time with this one, and then I finally settled on one that I was really happy with because I could have just done the easy one. I could have done a Die Hard. Die Hard has never gotten a really good game. 
a really good game for it, ever. But I didn't. I didn't do it that hard. I came up with something else that fits the Zack motif while also bringing a franchise into our century and really leveraging gaming right now. And I decided to make a Lethal Weapon game. And here's ah. here's what I'm going to make about my here's the the fun part about my Lethal Weapon game, okay? And this is why it's close to yours because it is going to be a third party, a, a third person kind of run around the city shooter sort of thing. There's side quests, there's missions you do as a cop, you get involved in stuff. But here's the here's the catch. There's a Riggs and there's a Murtaugh, okay? That Riggs and that Murtaugh is you and another friend. So much like Jose Ferris's co-op games, you would get this game, you get a friend code, and you get to give that code to a friend. So you can go in with that in. Then you both get to create characters, right? From ground up, you get to create your characters. You can make yourself in the game. You can make something else. One of you's Riggs, one of you's Murtaugh. We already see that Riggs and Murtaugh kind of are an interchangeable character when they made the show Lethal Weapon and they were like nothing like the fucking original Riggs and Murtaugh. So you have Riggs and Murtaugh, are you and a friend, and you create your own Riggs and Murtaugh, but you play the game together through the city. You guys, it's a full co-op, third person, open world, exploration, whole nine yards. You solve crimes together, you fight bad guys, you, you, you come up with plots, you deal with plots. Uh, I think that would be fucking cool as hell. Like a multi, like basically a massive multiplayer online, but with only two people. Like that's it. It's just you and a friend, and everything else is NPC, and you do everything together. Basically, you can only even play it together. You come in together. That's it. Like you want to use Riggs, want to use Murtaugh. I think that's that's fucking awesome. Even with the Riggs and Murtaugh name, they're not gender specific. One of the the Riggs could be a lady. Play with a lady friend. You know what I mean? Like. Two ladies, both are Riggs, both are Murtaugh. They're not gender-specific names. They're the last names, so it doesn't matter. So I think that would be really cool and really fun. I can think of no less than, like, four people, including you, that I would love to play this kind of game with. I think this would be just so much fun. Uh, and then the back and forth, the discourse, is you and your friend. Like, literally, like, <laughs> what are you doing? Ah, shit. You know, like, uh, it's just been revoked. Like, I think... That would be so much fun. I think you you get the Lethal Weapon brand in there, but you also get just all the cool stuff that you could do in nowadays gaming, which is to create your own story, create the world, create everything. I would even love to add like a layer of procedural generation to it where the bad guys... And the plots are procedurally generated for you. So you can always go in there with a friend and always play it. You know what I mean? You get your own narrative with it. What do you think about sprinkle that? Sprinkle in, sprinkle in a little bit of army of two, like <laughs> yeah, with with the uh, like with taking the heat. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sprinkle a little bit of that in there too. Uh, I feel like that is like army of two was before its time. Yeah, in it was co-op thing, it and was. now. The next evolution has been really only Jose Ferris has yes. been doing it mm -hmm. with these like co-op only mm -hmm. games with a narrative associated with it, but you can only play them side by side. Yeah. Why is it that there's nobody else doing anything with that? I don't Especially, know. 
Maybe because they're just scared that they have to give somebody a code to play a game for free. I don't know. What's ridiculous uh, is Jose Ferris is very successful. His games are very successful. They get nominated and they sell like hotcakes. It Takes Two was a huge success. Mm -hmm. uh, a Way Out was a huge success. Even Brothers made the, a lot of money for them. Uh, which I know Brothers could be played solo. They weren't ready to fully commit to the co-op thing, but it was a better co-op experience. I think that, like, I don't know why anybody hasn't tapped it, and that's why when I was, like, trying to think of, of things, I was like, well, the buddy cop experience would be really cool, but I wouldn't want to play that alone. Like, the, the best part about a yeah. buddy cop experience is playing it with your buddy, and this way, you and your buddy are the buddy cops. Like, that would be... Fucking awesome. Being put in situations too that like you get like uh let's say like a procedurally like even if it's procedurally generated or like you get uh, a fork in the road situation mm -hmm. to where they say something to each other, the characters will say something to each other, and then you both get to decide what you do to either go mm. along with the plan or go yes. against the plan. Yes. And then from there adds to the chaos. You yeah. can't see what the other person is yes. voting to do. Oh, and that'd then it be awesome. very well may have both of you guys split off on your own mm -hmm. to do whatever. And like, well, shit, this didn't work out well. Yeah. Or you guys are on the same page and like wreck shop. I feel mm -hmm. like that'd be fantastic. You could even do like a, like a perk system where like, like the because Riggs was the crazy one, Murtaugh was the button down one, uh, who was more precise. So you could you could do like a perk system where you create them from the ground up, but the Riggs character always gets these like crazy kind of berserker traits, and the Murtaugh character gets these like more button down uh, precision traits. You know what I mean? So like you could even like play it and then switch at some point. I th I think there's so much you could do with that idea. I was really happy to come up with it while I was sitting yeah. on the porch today. Uh, and I just think, God, wouldn't that be fun? I would be first in line to buy that. I'd buy four copies so that I could play that <laughs> with like all the people I knew. Like that would be amazing. That would be so much fun. And talk about the streaming slash let's play potential yes. for a game like that. I can't even begin to say it. And it, it doesn't even have to be that big. Uh, I know, I know everybody, I'm on a Remnant 2 kick, but Remnant 2, I am like, <clears throat> I'm over halfway through my second playthrough, and I have not got. I've only gotten a boss that I've fought in before, twice. That's how good the procedural generation is in that game. Uh, like I have had different storylines also to every world I've been in. It's so easy to do stuff like that nowadays and make them not the biggest, most gigantic, ridiculous thing. You know, the the city doesn't even have to be that big. You know, it can be a relatively no. restricted city just as long as the, the plot lines procedurally generate kind of differently every time. It's got infinite replayability and it's not even that big. I think it would be fucking amazing. It's just me. Just me, though. Just me. Uh, yeah, no, that's absolutely. You, I liked yours better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't a contest. We were just having fun. Yeah. Uh, which I liked your additions to it, though. That I didn't even think about the dialogue tree thing. That would be really cool. Like if, oh, he's he's actually in game dialogue to my character, but I can't see what Riggs is saying. I can right. only do what Murtaugh is saying. That'd be amazing. All right, well. You know, we talked a long time on fan traction. You want to just switch over to the news? For sure. Since we're done. All right, everybody. We'll be right back with the news. Horrible Gaming Podcast. 
Brings us to our final segment, ladies and gentlemen, the news. We like to collect news stories that we want you guys to know about, we want to riff about, we want to tell each other about, and this is where we do it. Neil has collected four, I have collected two. We have decided I'm just going to get mine out of the way. Uh, they're relatively quick. They're relatively easy. First one, it's Remnant 2, of course, because I'm very into it right now. Uh, the biggest problem with Remnant 2 is crossplay does not have crossplay. It's a huge issue. Uh, in actuality, original Remnant did not have crossplay either, and still to this day doesn't really have crossplay. Uh, it kind of feels like it has crossplay because when it went into Game Pass, they made it available on the Windows Store, which allowed anybody on Game Pass in a console to play it with the Windows people. So you only really have crossplay between Microsoft on the original Remnant, uh, which. It obviously hasn't been a priority for the company, but it should be. Crossplay nowadays is a big issue. People want to be able to play with their PC friends. I personally am on PC, and most of the people I play with are on consoles. So I definitely want crossplay, especially on this one. It's one of my favorite games, and I don't have anybody who I know who I can play it with, but I know four people who are playing it right now. That being said, uh, the creator, I think it was the, uh, the creative director of Remnant 2, did an AMA and asked me anything, and he was many times prodded on the crossplay. He said, it is something we're looking into, it is something we are actively trying to work on to fix. So, if, if they are to be believed, and so far Remnant 2 and Gunfire Games have ha given us no reason not to, we will at some point in the future get crossplay for Remnant 2. That being said, we have no idea when, there's no time frame on that, but they are actively working on it. There's actually a team at Gunfire trying to do this. So, we should That's see it. good at least. Yeah, we should see it at some point in the future, which is wonderful. Uh, having it retroactively is better than not having it. I agree, I agree. I think that, uh, I think sometimes people underestimate the amount of work that goes into the code for crossplay, uh, and you're talking about a double A, a double A studio that does not have the money or the manpower necessarily to deal with it. I'm not giving them a pass because uh, I got in a, a mild little tiff with somebody about this, so I want them to understand. I'm not giving them a pass. I do not think it is acceptable to not have crossplay. That being said. I think in this situation, it's not something that they've necessarily ignored. It's just not something they could pull off in the beginning. So uh, hopefully we see it in the future, and it is good, because uh, I don't want to play all the way through it again. Now, that's not true. I'll play all the way through it again when it come, if it comes to Game Pass. The other thing I'm worried about is I don't know if it's ever coming to Game Pass because it's produced by Epic this time around. They are not the best. They do not have the best relationship with Game Pass, so... We'll have to see. Yeah, especially because they're effectively direct competitors with the exactly. game store. In a lot of ways, yeah. Uh, next one. This weird thing came out recently that Avowed was actually originally being designed as a multiplayer game. A multiplayer like looter game uh, instead of a narrative single player story sort of game. Uh, and that they had to, uh, they had to return to what they did, and they had to fight to get back to what they understood. So, I am gonna put my tinfoil hat on. What's going on there, Neil? Uh, I believe Microsoft wanted Avowed to be a multiplayer game. I think once they bought Bethesda, they did not want a Skyrim competitor 
from a company that's already good at competing with them. I think they wanted them to do multiplayer, and I think Obsidian had to fight to make this thing narrative. I have no evidence of this. I am talking out my ass, everybody. I just want you all to know that. But, again, before Microsoft purchases Obsidian, Obsidian is concerned with one thing, and that is narrative single-player experiences. With the exception of Grounded, they were working on Grounded, but I think we can all agree that Grounded is just as much fun solo as it is with four players. It's just got that co-op availability. It's not really intended to be a multiplayer thing, you know? Uh, after Microsoft, all of a sudden, one of their games is almost, almost a multiplayer loot-driven thing. And I also want to point out, <laughs> we've already heard the stories about Redfall and the fact that Bethesda basically forced that team to make that game that they didn't want to make in the first place and kind of were pushed into making it a looter shooter. Uh, so here we are. I think that this is another piece of evidence that Microsoft micromanages companies once they buy them, once they own them, they step in, they micromanage. It's very annoying. And I am very hopeful for Avowed. I'm very hopeful it's good. I, d I don't like what Obsidian said about the Larian thing. It makes me very nervous for all of their RPGs moving forward because they were the first people to jump on the, oh, don't expect games to be this good bandwagon, which bothers me because they're one of our favorite studios here. Uh, and will make me nervous from this day forth whenever they're about to release an RPG. That being said, I hope it's good. I hope it doesn't suck. And I'm very glad that they were able to at least make the game that they wanted to make. So I'm actually kind of thinking along the lines of what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I'm leaning that way... Come I under remember, the tinfoil hat. There's plenty of room had, under here. We have had multiple conversations about since obsidian got bought mm -hmm. what it is that they're going to do because obsidian became that direct competitor yep. for the bethesda stuff do does bethesda retain everything that they have does microsoft give one of the properties to obsidian to see what they're going to mm -hmm. do uh well again because they did uh fallout new vegas didn't they yep um like that that's the thing like they already have experience with some of the stuff in like past and, you know, competition. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely could see yeah. them trying to pull some shit like that. And yeah. after seeing what ended up happening with Redfall, uh, the anuses were collectively clenched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, all righty. Uh, that's it for mine. It's uh, it's down to you, sir. So mine really feed off of two separate main things. Okay. Uh, so the first uh, two is going to be all about uh, Evo and Street Fighter. Uh, okay. Evo just wrapped up. and uh, I did see a bunch of interesting information from that. Oh, one of the things uh, we'll, we'll get to. Okay. Um. So uh, Evo did just wrap up, uh, but I don't know if you saw this. There was something very interesting going on with the PS5 consoles at the event. They were running so frequently and they got so hot that they actually melted the USB hubs 
in Whoa. the console and inside of people's fight sticks. Whoa. Like people went to unplug their fight sticks and ripped out the USB port from the console because they got so Holy hot. Holy shit. Talk about bad news for Sony. Jesus Christ. Because yeah. even, even if you're not going to be, like, the average person is never going to run a PS5 that much. But, like... The optics alone. The optics, yeah. Anybody going to buy it is like, oh, the USB hubs melt. That's going to be the first thing they think. Oh, that's bad news. So, yeah, there, and I mean, I'm sure people are at least somewhat aware of the cost of those fight sticks. Oh, they're very expensive. They're not cheap. Mm -mm. Not in the slightest. They're almost, in some cases, the same cost as a whole console. So, Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, continuing with uh, things that piss people off uh, that should be cool, uh, they're pissed. People are pissed about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle skins for Street Fighter Six. Um, so why are they pissed? I'm interested in this because I never saw the TMNT. Uh, so to buy them and get the currency oh, properly, here we go. Uh, each one costs fifteen dollars individually that's insane it is possible to get them all for fifty dollars but requires a bunch of math flim flammery by buying specific larger and smaller amounts so you don't overbuy in the premium currency on top of that uh, if you decide to get the extra poses and stickers and digital stickers and stuff, uh, your grand total is going to bring you to $100 for all of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles DLC content. That's, that's shameful. That's above shameful. I mean, we've already touched yeah. on this. Uh, in the fans' reaction, uh, this is the kind of thing. Like, especially considering that, like, Street Fighter Six is... If you just play Street Fighter Six, if you just pick up and play Street Fighter Six, it's a good game. It's a good fighting game. Like, everybody says so. And, and I, I don't see any reason to disagree with them. I've seen people play it. I'm not a 2D fighting guy. guy. We've talked about this, but it looks really interesting. It's one that I've thought about picking up just for the character creation and stuff. Um, and then you have all that brought down by this shit. You know what I mean? It, you're not even buying a turtle character. It's not even a fighter. It's a skin. Just a skin. For mm-hmm. already pre-made characters. It's absolutely insane that they are charging that much money. Just fucking ridiculous, man. Yeah. Yeah, there's, no, there's nothing else to be said about that. That's no. absolutely... <laughs> this is what I'm talking about with AAAs. Like, even when they're good, they're bad. You know? So, uh, Nintendo is, lack of a better term, uh, Nintendoing. Okay. So, between July 10th and August 4th, Nintendo filed over 30 patents on mechanics from Tears of the Kingdom. Everything from the hand ability all the way to things so benign as a character standing on a platform that is moving and not being controlled. Uh, I get it, Nintendo, that Tears of the Kingdom is like your thing now, and you made a mistake with Breath of the Wild 
last time around because everyone and their mother, of course, made, you know, clones on clones on clones of Breath of the Wild. It basically kind of spawned its own little subgenre in the open world space. But I feel like they're over like overcompensating this time around and copywriting whole mechanics um, because we've we've talked about this before with like the nemesis system. The nemesis system is locked behind Warner Brothers ownership. Well, and that's not copywriting. Nowhere. I want to make it very clear. Well, that's not yeah, copywriting. Yeah. It's patent, which is way yeah. worse than copywriting. Way well, worse. I mean, it's much yeah. harder to get through patent shit than it is copywriting. I I hate this. I hate this. You you're so greedy that you stifle the creativity of the games market as a whole when you do stuff like this. The the idea that the nemesis system wouldn't be awesome in any game uh it, you know like there's no it does not help you in any way, especially since you're never going to use these things again. That's the thing that bothers me the most is since Warner Brothers has patented the Nemesis system, how many games have come out? And this has been, and that was like what, ten years ago? No, yeah, like five years ago, something like that. That they patented it. Uh, how many games have come out with the Nemesis system from Warner Brothers? Yeah, that's a, a big old fat goose no. egg. Big old fat goose egg. Uh, same. Well, sorry to no, no, to you're just fine. Interrupt Go ahead. I interrupt this. you all the time. You uh, interrupt me. And what choice. drives me crazy about it too is it's Warner Brothers that owns that, and mm-hmm. they have had other shit that's prime, prime for it. Oh yeah, Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, have been oh, yeah. prime. Oh yeah, for it. Have a rival student. Oh yeah, that just sh- or a, a rival dark wizard. Like, yeah. be, let that be a thing. But they yeah. won't even let it, you know, be anywhere else. Not, I, it's just, they're like dragons yep. hoarding shit. Yeah, they just lock it down and let it die in obscurity. Uh, the it's the same thing. What I was gonna say, what I was gonna finish saying is. Do you see Nintendo putting these exact mechanics in any other game? I mean, even Breath of the Wild compared to Tears of the Kingdom. The abilities from Breath of the Wild didn't make it into Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom, all the abilities are new. Like, that's the whole Mm -hmm. point. So, like, the next Zelda isn't going to have the hand thing again. It's not going to have that. So you just end up with this fucking thing that nobody else can touch. And I want to say this again. You locking something, like you unlocking something and letting other people play with it does not mean you don't get sales. It doesn't mean you don't get it because anybody who plays that other game is free advertising for your game. Like freeing up those mechanics doesn't hurt your company. It helps the market. It helps the creativity of the space. And that I think that's one of the biggest problems I have with the companies and the CEOs is... A lot of the times, what they're doing, like, they don't realize that what they do, like, they just think immediately, money equals money, and that's all. That's all we're ever looking at. But they don't realize that, like, locking down something in the industry hurts the industry. The industry then reduces, and you make less money anyway. So, like, Mm -hmm. if you really want to make a lot of money, you have to allow other games to create based on those systems, like you have to allow them to innovate in that space because it makes the space as a whole bigger. 
You know, instead, you lock these things down. Less people buy games. If less people buy games, they don't buy yours. You know, I don't. It's fucking stupid. It's it's yeah. fucking stupid. Uh, and then the last thing that is uh, Nintendo related. It's a little short, sweet one, but uh, it kind of piggybacks fine. off what we were talking about last week. Uh, according to the tech website Tom's Guide, uh, the Switch successor has been rumored by, it only said, multiple uh, sources to be at a $399 price point. Oh. So, uh, I don't know. I think that would, uh, if if that is the case, I think the $399 is a sweet spot for something that is next gen enough to justify a new iteration of it but not enough to act like hey i want to hang with the big dogs yeah you know because that's that's just not nintendo at this point you know we talked about this last week i think nintendo's in a tough yes. spot i think 400 is too expensive i don't think it's necessarily too expensive like Given the logic that you said, I think your logic is not flawed with the exception of the fact that I think that like a $400 system is not going to com- is not going to get them sales. You know what I mean? It's not going to mm. influence people to impulse buy it because it's a little bit too pricey for that. And I don't think that their hardware is going to be enough to make them think, "Oh, this is a viable contender for the steam deck i think at the 400 price point at the 399 price point it has to be a viable contender for the steam deck i I don't mean it has to beat the steam deck okay i don't mean it has to like work better than the steam deck but it has to be in that ballpark it has to you have to look at it and be able to say this is a poor man steam deck at the very least right Mm -hmm. i don't think you can say that I don't think that they're going to make something that you can say that about, especially since $400, if I'm not mistaken, is more expensive than the cheapest Steam Deck. Uh, I'm pretty sure the cheapest Steam Deck is $300, right? I believe so. And now they're actually selling uh, refurbished Steam Decks as For well. For even as less. Well. I saw 20% that. 20% off, yes. 20% off. So now you're releasing a new system that's $400 that's, more, that's not even the cheapest, right? It's more expensive than your cheapest competitor who who has a more powerful system than your current hardware. So your $400 system, where does that land? Because unless it beats the pants off the Steam Deck, why isn't somebody just buying a Steam Deck? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, the, and, the, and again, the grandmothers and the parents and the party gamers who purchased the Steam Deck for the fun, you know, Wiimote games, they've got what they want. They're going to continue to play those games for years to come, and they're not going to need to buy your new system, you know? Yeah, I think the only thing that Nintendo really has for it in the competition between, you know, the Switch 2 and a Steam Deck is really just the first-party exclusives, yeah. which, I mean, let's be real. That's what Nintendo has had. I mean, yeah. It's well, enough, it's enough to make me. I mean, it's enough to make me. You know, I get it. Go out and buy a Switch. So they've had the gimmick though. That mm-hmm. like, like if you look at the Wii, the original Wii had the gimmick. So mm-hmm. even people who didn't even understand what Zelda was went out and got a Wii because they yeah. wanted to do the Wii Golf, right? And then mm-hmm. the Wii U was announced, right? And the Wii Wii U was a shitty system, quality wise. I'm not saying it wasn't, but the Wii U 
didn't bring any any new gimmick to the table because there's no new gimmick to bring to the table. All it had was that software, and it failed. The, the It didn't do good. Now you have the Switch, which brought the gimmick back. So everybody went out, and they got it for the gimmick, as well as the software. I'm not saying they didn't. Software tried and tested, but it doesn't keep them afloat, or it would have kept the Wii U afloat. I mean... Wii U is objectively shittier as far as like what it was, but still, it didn't keep it afloat, and it had all the, 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 the first party, the Mario and the Zeldas. So we're at this position now where everybody who bought the system, the Switch, for the gimmick has bought it. So what are you going to offer them with the next system that, bring, that makes them go, yeah, I want to spend another $400? Because if you're not talking to them, then you need to talk to the other people who are the hardcore gamers. And you're already saying to them that you're more expensive than the Steam Deck, which is your leading competitor. Uh, and can you be more competitive technologically than them? And I don't know that they can. And that's that's a trick, you know? So I don't know. Right. I feel like the Switch 2 is primed to fucking fail. But I could be very mistaken it's just I see that loop for Nintendo. When they when they do these gimmick systems, it's like those gimmick people very rarely need to buy the system, you know? And when you catch them, you ride that wave, but they're not buying the next system, you know? I think it's going to come down truthfully to when they officially show us what it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. Uh because if it is just more Nintendo Switch, I mean, I'll be a little concerned. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to be, you know, hollering from the rooftops like, oh, it's it's the Wii U all over again. But right. Yeah, they can't. I probably will. That's what and, I do. <laughs> I holler from Nintendo's, rooftops. Nintendo's thing has always been just a gimmick of some sort, like you'd mentioned. Uh, it's just a matter of sometimes it's been crazier than others. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. I, I think that like we do really need to see what this system is capable of and what it does. It's just all we have to go off is their track record, you know? And right. their, their track record on the hardware is not great. It's not great at no. all, especially the features part of the hardware. We talked about it last time. The What the Switch could do at launch was insulting and if it wasn't the only handheld on the market do we think it would have done good if the steam deck had already released and it was already in the ether would the switch have won i don't know i mean it probably would have done good because of the gimmicky stuff but it definitely didn't have anything that the steam deck had so we've really got to see what they're going to bring to the table because they're not setting a price point that says this is an impulse buy they're setting a price point that says we're going to be technologically uh, competitive with the other things. But what does that mean? You know what I mean? Like, can they actually do that? Because their track record is not great on that front, you know? Yeah. Yeah, ever since the Virtual Boy, they always have every <laughs> so many years. <laughs> Just flubbed something. All right, well, that was your last one? Yes. Well, we kept it, uh, we kept it under an hour and a half, so... Uh, I mean, impressive. unless unless we add my eye doctor story, which was probably twenty minutes. So, uh, <laughs> we'll be right back with the uh, the plugs, guys. Horrible gaming podcast brings us to the end of the show. Sh uh, springs doing great. Yeah, Just I'm not. 
Nah. So good. That brings us to the end of the show and the shameless self-promotion that comes with it. Neil, anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, we're we're uh, still doing that thar Redfall down, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is it is going. Apparently, from what we understand now, we're almost at the halfway point, which is going to be very interesting uh, to see what happens beyond that. Halfway, you're almost oh. done. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a question. If there's an episode that comes out and doesn't get a single view, are you just going to call it right then and there? <laughs> I don't know. I I, I kind of agree to do the show with you guys. I kind of want to see it to, through to its end at this point. I don't know that I want to leave it undone. Like, I've come this far is kind of the feeling right. that I'm in right now. I, I will say it's very hard to play that game when you're playing a game like right now i'm playing remnant 2 everybody knows that because i keep talking about it but remnant 2 is a uh looter shooter uh which is what redfall is and basically putting them side by side it makes it even harder to play redfall because you just like you go into these you i come from these like really interesting boss fights and really interesting loot and secrets into fucking redfall which is just iframes and bullet stuffing it's it's such bullshit uh, uh, gameplay and then you add in these storylines that they have that just make me mad on a cellular level like it's like a double insult right like if I'm playing a game where there's just a really yucky storyline in it you know uh, and just anybody out there who's played Redfall I, I'm gonna spoil something for you if uh, it just is there's like this weird grooming undertow to the first half of the storyline where there is a just an old shitty doctor taking advantage of a young girl. And that shit makes me viscerally mad in the core of me. But, like, if it was in a game that's trying to say something about it or trying to, like, do something, I could be like, okay, I see what you're trying to do. I understand. You know what I mean? This is a quality gaming experience. I'm getting something from it. It really feels like this is a shitty game and then they put a really controversial story in it so that just to try and like boost its street cred. You know what I mean? And it just yeah. makes me even matter that not only do I have to deal with this bullshit, plus all the characters are fucking Looney Tunes. They're fucking cartoon characters. So like them dealing with this is like making quips the whole time. I'm like, this is... This is insensitive. In addition, in addition to be shitty, it's insensitive. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But no, I, I feel like I gotta go through it. I feel like I gotta I gotta get through it. Plus, you guys enjoy playing it. I I I have dragged both of you into many gaming experiences, so <laughs> I will follow you through this one. Um, through the quite literal depths of hell. <laughs> Uh, other than that, a few things I would like to plug. As usual, we uh, are still TTRPGing it up on Astral Drive every other Wednesday. Uh, really enjoying that. Come check that out. And once a month, we do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, actual play, which might be my favorite game that I've ever played. Uh, it's so much fun. Please come check it out. It is just two hours of just unadulterated, three dudes having unadulterated fun. That sounded weirdly pornographic, but it's not. It's, it's just role-playing games. It's very fun. Um, on the gaming front, OMGM is 
finally coming to the end of its second season, which we're really excited about because we have a lot of surprises in store for season three, so please check that out. That is the game where myself and Grandpa Gamer book against each other in GM mode on 2K23. Uh, Prelude to Divorce is still going strong with my wife, where I forced her to play video games. Um, and yeah, I think I think that about covers it. I, I am going to be starting to do some gaming streaming here because my kid is going back to school. Uh, so that will also be exciting. So please look out for that. And then one final plug for our Build Master General. Phil Billy has been playing through Baldur's Gate 3 on stream. Uh, he's up to like stream 7 or 8 now. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to keep up. He plays a lot. And they're big streams, but I'm watching them. I'm moving through them slow, and it's a lot of fun to watch them play it. So check that out whenever that goes live. If you don't catch it in the live, we've got a playlist over on the channel. Check that out there. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to go to sleep. You guys can also contact us on Facebook at DH on Twitter at OmegaMeDH9. You can join our Discord. Link's in the description below. Influence us in all of our shows from there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, as long as you keep watching and listening, we will keep making them. See you guys next time. I did. I did almost find out I was dying on Friday, though. The fuck? You, so wait, you almost found out that you were dying, yes. or you found out that you were almost dying? No, I found out. Those are two different things. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the story, and then you can tell me what that, what that, what that is. So, okay. like, when I went to the doctor the first time, the eye doctor. He said, I need a prescription. I have astigmatism. But he also said there was some swelling around the optic nerve, so he wanted me to get checked out by a neural optometrist. So I'm like, okay, cool. Sounds good. Uh, thinking it was just a routine examination. That's the way he said it. That's the way he presented it to me. So I go into the neural optometrist on Friday. Uh, they're a little bit behind, so 11, 11 was my appointment. They don't get me in until like 20 minutes late. But they had a sign-up that said they were going to be late, so whatever, I play games on my phone. Yeah. Girl comes out, takes me back, does six tests, blinky light test, little house test, another fucking test that I got to look at, another test where I got to look at another thing, uh, a little x-ray in my eye, then a little red light test. Do all these tests on me, right? One with a fucking eye patch. She takes me back out, sits me down, says, doctor, I'll see you in a second. I'm like, all right, okay, cool. Wasn't expecting this. Somebody else comes out, not the doctor. Another dude goes, hey, come on back. He does more tests to me. These tests are annoying. The first one is a poof test. And I, I want to say this test. right now because if this makes test. it, if this makes it onto the air, I want everybody to understand that I have not seen an eye doctor since I was 15 years old. I have never had a poof test and I have never had my eyes dilated ever in my entire life. It's Very never happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he, yes. so he does a poof test, which I felt like I was being pranked. Yeah. Like was, for anybody out there who's never had the poof test, you look into this thing and they say, look at this red target, and then they shoot fucking hot air into your fucking eyeball. Uh, it scares shit out of me. I jumped. I'm like, all right, all right, that's fine. It's part of the test. He does four more tests. Like, look through this, look through this, read this line, read this line. Then he's like, we're going to dilate your eyes. I'm like, okay. Uh, he's like, you'll still be okay to drive. I'm like, oh, oh okay. Uh, that, that makes me very nervous. Yeah, I know. I was like, that makes me very nervous that you had felt the need to say that. He drops three things, three drops into each of my eyes. Okay. I'm like, okay, this doesn't feel bad. All of a sudden my eyes swell. 
I can't see anything. They become amazingly blurry. I can't read at all, like nothing. I'm just seeing shapes. Uh, my eyes hurt. It was terrible. So he finishes his test finally. He takes me into another room, sits me there, says the doctor's coming. In. So, and this, this, all of this has taken like an hour. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's like 12:30 at this point. I'm like Jesus Christ. So I call my wife. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm so sorry because she had to have Stella up at work. I, I thought I was going to be there for like an hour tops. I'm already there for an hour. I haven't even seen the doctor. So I call her. She's like, what's going on? I was like, they did all these fucking crazy ass tests to me. Poof test, dilation. She's like, oh shit, dilation. Do you need me to drive? And I was like, I don't think so, but shit's getting kind of bad. Uh, but they said I'm clear to drive. And she's like, okay, all right, well, call if you need me. Yeah, no. The answer is no. definitely no. <laughs> no. So then the doctor comes in, right? And then the doctor goes, well, why are you here? And I'm like, oh, oh well, I got referred uh, something about a nerve in my eye that my doctor didn't like the way it looked, so he sent me to you guys. Uh, and he's like, well, how are you doing today? And I was like, well, honestly, you've all been very nice, but I'm not doing that great right now. Uh, <clears throat> I never had the poof test or the eye dilation. He's like, oh, well, those are rough. So very matter-of-factly, he sits down in front of me. He looks in my eyes. He's done looking in my eyes. He then goes, all right. And this dude, no joke whatsoever, like very, like stone face, just looks at me and goes, all right, we are going to send you over. We have a side clinic right next to us. We're going to send you over to have your eyes ultrasound. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, oh, okay, another test. And he's like, you have swelling around your optic nerve. And I was like, oh, all, all right. And he's like, what this means is one of two things. The first thing is you have some calcium deposits there, uh, which is a, a relatively throwaway thing. Some people have it, and it, it doesn't affect them. The other thing is your optic nerve is connected to your brain, so it is swelling because you have some sort of brain swelling issue. That's what he oh. says to me. <laughs> Very casually. So, so now, not even really able to see his face, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, and I laugh, I chuckle, I go, ha ha, that sounds serious. And he goes, it can be very serious. So I stop, I stop laughing and I'm staring at him and I'm like, should I be worried? And he was like, well, if it's in the, if it's the latter, yes, you should be very worried. What the fuck? I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like, oh, all right. And he's like, so uh, we're, and he had an assistant in there and he's like, all right. So I'm going to leave. The assistant's going to uh, get somebody to come in to come in to get you. Now I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I came in for a routine event. They're about to tell me I have a fucking aneurysm. What is happening? So like my world is crumbling out from under me. And so I just like shrug over. And this is what the assistant, the assistant comes over and goes to me. She's trying to be nice. And I understand. But she goes, are you okay? And I was like, I gotta be honest, I'm not doing so hot. I came in here for a routine exam. You guys sprayed air in my mouth in my eyes. You dilated them so I can't see anything, and then you told me my brain might be about to explode, so it's been a little bit of a roller coaster. So you know what she says to me? And if in the off chance this woman some for some reason ends up listening to this podcast, you were very nice. Don't ever say this to anybody. In my situation. This is what she says. She kind of stands up, looks a little awkward for a second, and then says, well, I'm going to leave you with that. 
and then walks out and shuts the door. I'm just, I'm just sitting there like, what's the suicide rate of your patients? Jesus fuck? Christ. Like, I, wa- I, I was waiting for her to be like, the noose on the wall is if you want to take the easy way out. Like, I was oh like, what God. is that? So I'm sitting there. I'm totally stressed. Now I've just lost. Uh, like, okay, now I'm going to have, like, this went from a routine appointment to a test that's going to decide whether I might be dying or not. Like, I'm like, good, good guy. I call Melissa. Melissa gets worried, but I needed somebody to be with me in the worry. I felt so alone at this point. Like, I'm just, like, in a room by myself, and the nurse basically told me to unalive myself. Like, I I didn't (laughs) – I was so alone. So I call my wife. She's like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Do you need me to come get you? I was like, they told me I'm clear to drive. Told me I'm clear to drive. Great. So finally the ultrasound person comes, leads me back there. Have you ever had your eyes ultrasounded? No, I It is honestly, a very strange experience to add I, to this. The only thing that I can think of that they would do, uh, to my knowledge of an ultrasound, is smear jelly on your eyelids and have you close your eyes and they just mush a device on them. Nailed it in one, my friend. They're wow. like They're like, close <laughs> your eyes. We're going to smear jelly on it. We're going to put the device up to your eyes. We're going to take pictures with it. I was like... All right, so I'm already blind, but now I can't see colors. They're like, don't open your eyes. This will burn. Like, do not open your eyes. I was like, okay. So then she's just moving my head around, and I started to get a weird feeling like I was in some sort of, like, amateur porn, like, setup here because I I can't see anything, and then there's moving my head around, and then a spherical device is coming at me. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. But... The, the thing comes up to my eye. She pushes on it real hard. It does hurt, but she, she was being nice. So then she finishes taking these pictures, right? She's like, here's some Kleenex. Wipe your eyes off. I wipe my eyes off. I'm like, so, so what's the word? And she's like, can you have the doctor come in here? Okay, nobody's going to answer me. Doctor comes in there, okay? <laughs> they decide to have the full breakdown conversation in front of me, just right in front of me. I can't see. My eyes are watering. I'm sitting right behind them. This is what happens. The doctor comes in. He looks at the x-ray and he goes, oh, look at that. Well, that's something. Then the other doctor goes, yes, yes. I was thinking the same thing. However, look at this part. And he's like, oh, that is a little concerning. And I'm just like sitting there. This goes back and forth for a couple more senses. And finally, I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. But oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm missing an important fact. He comes in, he looks at it, he goes, look at this right here, this looks like druzing. That's what he says. Then the other woman comes over and goes, yes, I agree with that, but look at this right here. And then he goes, oh, this is kind of concerning, but this kind of is indicative of druzing. And she's like, I I don't disagree with you, this is definitely looking like druzing, but this part right here, to which then I interrupt and I go, hey, somebody's going to have to tell the blind guy what druzing is. And they're going to have to tell him right now. The doctor turns around and he goes, I'm very sorry. Druzing is the calcium thing. That's the thing that it looks like your eyes have. And I was like, okay, so the not so bad thing. And he was like, no. And I was like, why is it not so bad? He's like, it's a mitochondrial genetic thing. Some people have it, some people don't. It is in no way, shape, or form bad. It's just you get these calcium deposits, makes your optic nerve swell a little bit. You live your whole life completely happy with them. It's never going to hurt you. Great. He's like, however. And I'm like, shit. And he goes, 
He goes, there is a little shadow here that makes us a little nervous. We both examined your eyes. It, we both think that it looks like the swelling looks hard and calcified, which would be indicative of druzing. However, because of this little shadow here, we're only not, we can only be 90% sure <laughs> that it's druzing. To which I say, okay, so what's the option? He goes, MRI. We do a full workup on your head. We send you to an MRI. Uh, anybody out there who might not be American uh, or if you are from the States and you hadn't had to have an MRI, it's a fucking nightmare. They're extremely expensive. Most insurances won't cover them. Sometimes they will. They try and get out of them every chance they get. Mm-hmm. They're incredibly expensive. Uh, plus, there's only to the so... To the $5,000. Yes. No from experience. Yes. Plus, plus, there's only so many MRI machines in fucking Ohio. So getting scheduling into that, it's like three or four months out. So mm-hmm. I'm like, look, I'd rather avoid an MRI if I can do it. But, like, how sure are you? He's like, well, here's what we're going to do. We'll schedule you for to do all of this again in 30 days. At least I know it's coming this time. But all of this again in 30 days. And if it looks different, we'll know that something else is going on. We'll do the MRI. We'll get the full workup. If it's the exact same result, it's definitely druzing. We can write it off as the calcium deposit. Great. Great. So, to extend this story... Then they let me go. I can't see a fucking thing. And then I walk out into the bright summer day. And I literally, out loud, in front of children, because I could not stop myself, yelled, holy fucking shit. Then I stumbled through a busy parking lot to my car. Got into my car. Eyes are watering. Face is burning. Got the keys in. Called Melissa. Told her it was all right. Looked like it was a calcium. Told her that we were going to do this again in 30 days. She's like, do you need me to pick, pick you up? I'm like, look, it's not going to do me any good. I can't leave this fucking car in a, in a in a parking lot in Akron overnight. Like, and how would we come get it tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow? Like, it's just, it doesn't make sense to do that. I'm going to try and get it home. Just, I don't want to pick up Stella. Can you bring Stella home once I get home? Sure. No problem. Great. Then, my friend, what pursue, what follows that is the most harrowing driving experience of my entire goddamn life right off the bat i made a bad left turn because i couldn't see what was going on i almost got in an accident pulled off into a parking lot gave myself a breather tried again had but my trip home is around talmage circle (laughs) oh no and i can't read anything and i don't go around the circle enough to have it ingrained in my head which exit is the one i need to take so i missed my exit i took the wrong one i realized i took the wrong one about a mile up i'm like okay i know where i am though guess what how road now has a circle so i end up going around how road circle i know how has a yeah guess what happens i miss my exit I end up in Monroe Falls, <laughs> like oh overshooting God. Kent by like two oh cities. My God. Dude, it was a nightmare. It took me an hour and a half to get home. I had to break every 15 minutes to yeah. just like close my eyes, wipe the water out of my eyes, get going again. It was a fucking nightmare. I got home. I texted Melissa. I was like, I'm home. Bring her home whenever. I am going to smoke and I am going to lay down. <laughs> Because every every part of my face hurts right now. Yeah, that was my Friday. It was a very harrowing experience. 
Fuck yeah. that shit. I told Melissa, I was like, you're driving me next time. I'm not, I'm not doing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so definitely going to go with the first one. Almost found out that you were dying. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. But yeah, no, I actually kind of have a similar situation to that. It, it's not as long of a tale. Probably good if we want to add this as a bonus. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, it was about two years ago at this point. Uh, maybe been about three, actually. Um, <clears throat> my mom, uh, has always had like a heart thing and, uh, she had to get open heart surgery to get like a valve replacement. Ooh, that's tough. So yeah, it was, it was a thing. Like we had, we all met up, like we stayed the night, the night before at her house and got up. It was something like five in the morning or something and went to the Cleveland clinic. Um, they started this the, like the surgery they said was going to take. It was something like eight hours. They started late, a whole bunch of everything. But we had basically the whole family was at, at Cleveland Clinic the whole day. And eventually at one point, this motherfucker looking like Doc fucking Brown walks up to us and uh, goes, oh, are you the DeWitt family? And we were like, yeah, and we're all just like kind of standing there. So we're like, okay, we're gonna fi- we're gonna find out what's going on. He said, um, uh, you guys should probably sit down. Oh no, no, no you can't lead with that. And of course, we're all just like, uh, no, actually, I don't think we're gonna sit down. I think we're gonna stand, and you're gonna fucking tell us what the fuck's going on. And the guy was just like, oh yeah, no, it's okay. We had to. We, I guess he used very legally, not legally, but like medical terms. He's like, we had to abandon the initial procedure and adjust our, uh, our, our trajectory of what it was in our time frame. And I'm like, bro, is she fine? Yes, no. Like, you cannot walk up to somebody in a hospital, especially for something like that, and just lead with, you should probably take a seat. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen uh, Arrested Development? No. Oh, there's a doctor in that that shows up every once in a while and always, like, he'll be like, I'm sorry, he's not going to make it. And then everybody will go, oh, and then he'll go, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mislead you to lunch. He's not going to make it to lunch. He's fine. He's on his <laughs> way. Like, that's how they do it. Like, yeah, that's, that's who you got. You got that doctor. 